This evening is Maundy Thursday, a strangely named day. People wonder what it means. It comes from the, the Latin word mandatum, commandment, because tonight Jesus gives his disciples a new commandment, that we love one another as he loved us. This evening, God's people gather to enter the three sacred days of Holy Week, the Triduum. Tonight does not end in benediction. Tonight is the first part of a three-part continual service of worship. Thursday night, Friday night, and Sunday, Easter Sunday morning form a whole. They form one continuous worship service. The heart of the gospel is wrapped within these days of Jesus' pilgrimage, from betrayal to Easter glory. May we continue in an attitude of watching and praying with Christ throughout these three days. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, you are enthroned in the majesty of heaven, yet you gave up that heavenly perfection to become a servant. We adore you for laying aside your glory and clothing yourself in complete humility as one of us. We praise you for the example of washing your disciples' feet. Teach us to do as you have done. Deliver us from pride, jealousy, and ambition, and make us ready to serve one another in lowliness for your sake. O Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, amen. Jesus spoke to his disciples on this night and said to them, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. In, In worship, worship on this day, we testify to God's love, shown perfectly in Christ, and we recommit ourselves to love one another as a community of faith. And so, church, let us stand and sing together. Come thou fount, praise the one church who pierced the darkness, together. Praise the one who breaks the darkness with the liberating light. Praise the one who frees the prisoner, turning blindness into sight. Praise the Praise the Lord. 
of call to confession. The psalmist declares, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. We gather as a community in need of a savior. We offer our honest confession in faith and trust in our covenant God knowing that God hears our voice. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, like Judas, we have betrayed you. Like Peter, we have denied you. And like the other disciples, we have forsaken you. Yet you remain faithful to us unto death, even death on a cross. We plead for your forgiveness and mercy. And we ask that you strengthen us so that we do not turn aside, but follow you to the very end. For the final victory belongs to you. My friends, we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. 
God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the Jesus we remember tonight is the Savior of the world. In Christ, we are forgiven, and through him, God abides with even us. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. Hear now God's word to us. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Jesus said to him, You will never, pardon me, Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, one who is bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. And for this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, he put on his robe and had returned to the table. He said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. And to verse 31. And when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, what a privilege it is to be here tonight on this Thursday night, Monday Thursday, to worship you, to glorify you, to lift you up. As we have been walking with Jesus, we have had our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our lives open to listening, reflecting, and even repenting. Help us tonight to have our hearts pierced by your word that we can become more like Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord, and God. And we ask this now in his name. 
Amen. It was close to about 40 days ago that we were in this sanctuary worshiping God on Ash Wednesday. We started that 40-day journey with the challenge of taking time to reflect and taking time to repent. Now, I don't know about you, but I find the reflection part pretty pleasant, don't you? I like reflecting, stopping once in a while, thinking about my day or my year, taking notice of the ways that God has worked in my life to bless me and to be with me through thick and thin, through the good times and the challenging times. Reflection is good for the soul. And then there's repentance. What do you think about that word, repentance? It's kind of an intimidating word, isn't it? It means that we are to change. It means a turning from, a 180-degree turn from sin and living like the world to turning and following after Jesus Christ, recognizing what His reveal will is for our lives and walking in that direction. Repentance is tough. It can be very uncomfortable, even painful. Have you ever found yourself being rebuked or called to account by somebody to repent? I doubt it's something that we welcome. But the scripture tells us that if we are willing to reflect and to repent, God promises that great joy will come to our lives because we are following in the ways of Jesus Christ. On Monday morning, I'll be waking up probably around 4 a.m. to take 43 of our students and leaders to the island of Molokai to do some work projects. It's a wonderful week of ministry, and I have so many memories after doing this trip for 16 years. I can't tell you how many memories flood into my mind the week before I go on this trip. Some of those memories cause me to get a little anxious. And some of those memories caused me to be thankful, and, and then it makes me wonder, what's going to happen this year? There's one memory that comes to my mind, not just during this week, but it comes to my mind all the time as a sense of and a way of a rebuke to repentance. Several years ago, John McCaig, who's pastor at Tribuco Presbyterian Church, a good friend of mine, he was our speaker for the trip. And one time at lunch, we were delivering Subway sandwiches to the different work groups on the island. We were dispersed in about six different work groups. It takes about two hours to get lunch to everybody. And we finally got to the last group. And after we distributed the sandwiches, I noticed we had two turkey sandwiches left. So I left them in a box and figured there'd be a hungry high schooler a little bit later that afternoon. So there they were. I walked over to the church with John as we walked back to the van to head to the hardware store. A pastor came out of the Baptist church and he said, hey, John and Steve, can you do me a favor? There's this homeless man and he was by our church a little bit ago and he's still here and I've put together a doctor's appointment for him downtown. Would you mind driving this homeless man to the doctor about 10 minutes away? No problem, all good. So I'm in the driver's seat John is in the passenger seat. The homeless man is sitting right behind me here on the bench seat. And as we're driving along, I look down at those two turkey sandwiches. I glance back at the man and I said, would you like to have a turkey sandwich? We have two left over. Long pause. And he said, you got a meatball sub? Now, I guess when he said the meatball sub, there was this little flinch on the right side of my face, I found out later. And, and I paused for a moment, and I said, no, but we do have two turkey sandwiches. Would you like one of them? And then there was this long pause again, and he said, well, I guess so. So I gave him the turkey sandwich. We dropped him off at the doctor. And as we're driving to the hardware store, John McKeg was just staring at me like this. I said, what? He goes, what was that look all about? I said, what look are you talking about? 
He said, Steve, I've known you for over 20 years. I think I know every one of your facial expressions. What was that look all about? Seriously, John, we got two turkey sandwiches here. The man had absolutely nothing. He's homeless. And he had the audacity to ask if we had a meatball sub. Okay, I'm tired, but that's no excuse. And he looked back at me and he said, and it's in my mind still, Steve, you do that to God every single day. Hmm. Now, a little defensiveness started to rise up in my chest, as can happen when you've been gently or forcefully rebuked. And then the Holy Spirit took over, and I knew that John was right. Hmm. For those next 20 minutes, we talked about the challenge of being Christians in this world. We talked about the ways that we ask God for all of these blessings and then he blesses us and we still look back and we go, hey, where's the meatball sub? We talked about how we have all these hierarchies in our minds. We all do, don't we? We have a feeling of who we know who's above us and who is below us and we have all these rankings and we talked about how in the world can we get those hierarchies to be broken down? How can we get the walls of hostility torn down and all the cliques taken away so that we can see one another in the same way that God looks at us with love? And then we talked about how the grace and mercy has come into our lives through Jesus Christ and that we too wanted to love in the same way that Christ has loved us. And then we both agreed. This whole God love thing it's like learning how to speak a foreign language. It's like learning how to live in a foreign land, isn't it? I love the way that N.T. Wright puts it in his book, When God Became King. He said, when Jesus came to this earth, he didn't come to this earth to teach us a new song on an old piano. When Jesus came to this earth, he came to teach us a whole new kind of music, a whole new startling kind of music on a whole new instrument that we haven't even imagined before. And in this music, Jesus is inviting us into this whole new world, a whole new way of life that goes completely against the grain. And we see that whole new way of life that has been opened to us through the cross and through the death of Jesus Christ. I think that's why in this story, I relate, and I have a feeling you do too, I relate so much to Peter, don't you? Picture, if you will, that night, there's 12 apostles sitting around this table and they're having a meal with one another. They have spent the last three years of their life with Jesus. I think of all the things that they've been having to try and take in. They've heard all the teachings, they've seen the miraculous, there was the man who was healed at the, the pool of Bethsaida, and he could walk again. And there was the feeding of the 5,000 with just a few pieces of bread and fish, and he fed 5,000. And there was the woman who was caught in adultery, and people were going to stone her to death, and Jesus said, I forgive you, and I love you. And there's Lazarus who's raised from the tomb, and these apostles are trying to take it all in, and they're sitting at this table now. And right in the middle of dinner, abruptly, Jesus gets up and he takes off his outer robe. And then he picks up a towel <laughs> and he ties a towel around his waist. And then he gets down on his knees. He pours water into a basin and starting with one of the apostles, he starts to wash the disciples' feet. Can you even picture it? I can only guess what was going through the minds of those apostles. Wait a minute. The master is becoming the servant, and the king is becoming a slave. What's going on here? But we don't have to guess with Peter, do we? When Jesus approaches Peter's feet, Peter gets a little riled, doesn't he? He's pushing back on the grace and mercy of God. No, you're never going to wash my feet. 
He's trying to dictate Jesus, isn't he? You're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus looks back at him and said, if I do not wash your feet, then you will have no share, no part with me. And then the erratic Peter, well, then you can wash my hands and my face and my feet, wash my whole body. And Jesus says, those who have been washed, those whose bodies have been washed, are clean. In other words, those who have received my grace and my mercy, you are clean. You are a secure part of my family. But you must receive what I'm going to do for you this night, Peter. I'm going to wash your feet. And as I wash your feet, I'm going to be pointing towards the cross, towards the humble sacrifice that I'm going to give for each one of you. And from that humble sacrifice, you're going to learn yourself how to be a humble, loving servant in this world. Maybe Peter thought Jesus had come into this world to teach a new song on an old piano. And Jesus is saying, I'm showing you a whole new kind of music where you're going to go out into the world and be humble servants to one another. Bailey? Something I thought about this week, and I'm noticing right now, is that it's impossible to wash somebody's feet unless you get down on a knee. Now, as clean as Bailey's feet are, this is a very humbling action, isn't it? It means that we have to get down on our knees and we have to care for one another. Does it mean that we go out into the world and we approach strangers on the street and ask them to take off their shoes and socks so that we can wash their feet? No. But Jesus is giving us an example of what it means to go out into the world and to become humble servants for one another as we learn to love each other. It could be taking in the trash cans of your neighbor when they haven't taken them in after a couple of days, and you do it. You do it out of love, not out of obligation. It may be that there's that person at work that's been getting on your nerves, and you have to keep on forgiving them over and over again. But remember, Christ has forgiven you over and over, and you forgive them. And it may mean giving to somebody who you feel doesn't deserve to be given to. And yet we've been called to give and to care for others. Why? Because Jesus has first given to us and loved us. So we're called to go out into the world to be humble servants, not just figuring out different times that we can bless others, but it becomes a lifestyle of love. It's because who we are in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth to give of his life to save us and to bring us into this whole new world. Help us each day to learn what this whole new world is about, that as you fill us with your love, that that love may go out into the world of all those around us. Thank you above all for your grace and mercy. We ask this now in Christ's name. Amen. Just to betray the Lord And why did he use a kiss To show them That's not what a kiss is for 
hear the word of our Lord as it is expounded by the Apostle Paul in the Philippian letter that though he was in the form of God he did not count equality with God as something to be grasped but rather emptied himself took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient unto death even death on a cross Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We bow before your humility, Lord Jesus. You freely poured out your whole life for the whole world. Tonight we bow before the mystery of the good news of God. We pray that our giving may bring the spirit of humility and love in a darkened, selfish, ambitious world that does not know the things that make for peace. Now as we commune at your table, feed us once again. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Sing together Psalm 46. Be still, be still. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Just as Jesus invited his apostles to take of the bread and wine at that last supper, so Jesus tonight invites us to take of the bread and the wine. The bread reminds us of the body of Christ broken for us upon the cross. And the wine reminds us of the blood of Christ that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus invites us by faith to come. Let us pray. The Lord be with you. And also, also with, with you. you. Lift up your hearts. We lift, lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, right to give our thanks and praise. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe. You created us in your image. You called, uh, your, you called Israel as your people, binding yourself to them in covenant. Even when they stumbled, you kept faith with them bearing witness to your steadfast love for them and for all your creation. In them we were slaves in Egypt. You broke the bonds of our oppression and delivered us to freedom. You fed us with manna in the wilderness and brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey. When we were unfaithful to you and turned away, you called us back through the prophets to turn again to your ways. Lord Jesus, in the fullness of time, you yourself came to seek us out and to set us free. We have walked with you. We have seen your tender compassion. We have watched you heal and teach and welcome outcasts and wash feet and eat with sinners like us. We have come to love you. Tremblingly watch tonight as you allow yourself to be betrayed into agony, as you give yourself for the life of the world. And so, in deep thanksgiving, we take these gifts of bread and cup, transform them by your Spirit, that they may be for us your own body and blood, and that together we might be your body given to and for the world. And so we pray as you have taught us, saying, Our Father, Father who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body given for you. Eat of this in remembrance of me. In like manner, Jesus took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our Lord invites us to come to his table of grace to receive his spirit, to be transformed by his word. Let us come. Our ushers will bring us we invite you to take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup and commune, and prayerfully return to your seats down the side aisles. Let us worship the Lord. Ever be found? Could a garden come? 
You may. 
When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though all become deserters, I will not. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this day, this very night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. I'm deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want but what you want. He came and found Peter, James, and John sleeping. Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into that time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again Jesus went off in the distance and prayed. Jesus returned and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy and they did not know what to say to him. Are you still sleeping, taking your rest enough? The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him there was a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. And so when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood near drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me, as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And all of them deserted him and fled. <laughs> 